Hello, and welcome to the Mutant Vehicle Podcast, Episode 1, Martuga, with your host, Martuga creator Thomas, and his co-host and co-creator Eric. I'm Touching the Clown, your engineer, and I'll hand it off to Thomas to tell you what the Mutant Vehicle Project is all about. This is our first actual episode of the Mutant Vehicle Project. Um, through the course of this project, we hope to share and bring you stories about uh, people's experience building and bringing art cars to Burning Man. Um, the hope is that aspiring artists and peoples with ideas for a mutant vehicle, but who do not know where to start or what to do or how to get a vehicle, how to alter it, how to fund it, how to build it, how to do all those little nitty things will uh, get the confidence to bring their own art to fruition and uh, hopefully bring it bring it out to Burning Man and uh, maybe your local regional event as well. So before we uh, get started, it, we'll introduce ourselves quickly, uh, go around the table. I'm your uh, main host, Thomas. This is uh, my weird idea. Um, Eric, very briefly. All right. So, all right. My, my name's uh, Eric, as Thomas just mentioned, and are also maestro. And I'm Matt, or Touchy the Clown, and I'll be your engineer, pressing all the buttons that make this computer thing work. And uh, we have a guest host in the background. Uh, Luna and Lily are uh, American Pitbull Terrier, because that's the type of people we are. So in today's episode, uh, we'll be talking about our own uh, our car, Martuga, which uh, we built in 2018 and brought out to the playa for the first time. Um, Martuga was our idea for a sea turtle-based art car, um, which had been bouncing around in the back of our head for, for a few years. Um, it's um, about 12 foot long by 13 foot wide, um, and it's a fiberglass uh, sea turtle built on top of a golf cart. Um, the fiberglass is all underlit by LED, so you can see it uh, really far off across the playa at the night. And uh, it's pretty small. It's just a little Yamaha golf cart, so it can carry four people, including the driver. Five if we're, uh, if we're extra snuggly or have uh, very narrow hips like uh, like Touchy the Clown does, who's definitely definitely <laughs> squeezed into the, the fifth person uh, spot a couple times this last year. Anybody's interested in uh, taking a look at some of our build pictures, if you go to uh, facebook.com um, uh, forward slash Martuga car is uh, our Facebook page. So you can see uh, the progressive pictures of us building this thing from initial SketchUp models, I think, through to out on Playa. So where did you get the concept for this R car? So the concept for Martuga, first off, the name Martuga comes is uh, combining the Spanish words for sea turtle, which is Tortuga del Mar. So we kind of took Tortuga del Mar and uh, moved it around a little bit and came up with Martuga. The idea behind Martuga was we wanted something that was um, bringing, you know, kind of a, a sense of uh, appreciation of natural beauty and natural things and um, reminding people of that as they get into kind of the very technical, you know, EDM, techno-y, electronic aspects of Burning Man and, and providing that grounding where, you know, we're all part of this larger world. Um, and the sea turtle as a emblematic creature that, that really is this beautiful creature that swims swims through the seas and, and they're amazing to look at and they're super cool and they're, they 
live forever and they're directly impacted by uh, pollution, um, impacted by changing climate. Uh, so it's reminding people of their impact on, on the world um, and tying into what Burning Man is in terms of a, an art project that we can bring out, people can participate, experience, and ties them into that idea of um, kind of a, a sense of wonder for our world. So what was the process of making this concept into more of a concrete design? So before, uh, before Eric brought his uh, professional 3D design skills to the table, I was looking as like, I'm going to need to buy, you know, a ton of four foot by eight foot, two inch rigid foam insulation panels from, uh, from your local hardware store, glue them into a giant styrofoam block and shape, shape it by hand down to shape that, uh, would have cost, you know, a couple grand just for the giant foam. And, uh, it would have looked like crap quite honestly. I don't think that would have worked, but I was looking at how do I model the sea turtle in such a way that, uh, I can lay fiberglass over it. And as far as I know, I was going to need to carve it from hand. But uh, so Eric brought the design skills using uh, SketchUp to the table, was able to build uh, a really nice 3D model. Um, so I'm, I'm a paper engineer by profession. So I have access to uh, plotter cutters and, and uh, paperwork. So I'm very, and I'm also pretty familiar with, with doing some 3D modeling. So also, you know, helping to decide what materials were going to be used for it. Because we, we went through a range of, of different materials. I think it, like initially you were sort of thinking. Yeah, of, like, we, we spent a lot of time hashing out different ideas of how to do the shell. I don't, I like, don't even remember. We thought about corrugated plastic, which, you know, coroplast, which I'd done other projects, but it was way too light and I thought it could be damaged. The advantage to that material was that it uh, it could be easily replaced. We could you cut it by hand on ply if we needed to. But um, I didn't like the, the lines and the plastic as much. It just seemed very, uh, chin, I don't know, very chintzy. It wasn't going to be particularly durable. Um, and I think initially you had been thinking about doing it almost like the sort of like individual sections, like little each one of the um, plates, the segments on the turtle's back was, were going to be individual pieces. I think you were describing it to me. almost sounded like you wanted to do them out of glass and have individual units that each one of those segments was going to light up. I started out with um, plexiglass originally, which would have weighed. I mean. A and we and thought about metal and doing a wire frame and, and lighting it up. And I, we'd seen vehicles before where they do wiring and then uh, like stretch a fabric over it. And that fabric just gets filthy. And um, I don't know. It just didn't look as good. I mean, I'd seen some really nice vehicles made with fabric, but... Um, I don't think we wanted to do that wire thing. And it's it's an easy way to do a complex shape. Yeah, uh, it's cost effective. But um, one of the things that we wanted in our design was a material that would fluoresce um, the light from from beneath it. Either that was uh, lights directly on the surface somehow, or light that would diffract the 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 light. So. So do you remember how we arrived at fiberglass as the, the material? Well, we had some some things we wanted it to. We wanted it to light up. 
Um, the durability, was, the strength of the thing was, was part of it. Um, um, well, I knew that we wanted to do a light fabric because, or sorry, not light, light material because um, we were pretty sure that we were going to use a golf cart. Fiberglass, for its strength and uh, lightness, seemed to be the, the logical choice. Um, maybe not the best one for our climate to work in since we are in New England and um, you kind of want to have a nice even temperature and much of the time, you know, working on it was going to be during the winter time. So finding a place to work on it was a, was a challenge. Okay, so tell us a little bit about how you, like literally how you made the shape for the shell, how you made the shape for the, the head and the flippers? Um, I initially, uh, I, I work in SketchUp a lot and also AutoCAD. So I was doing the 3D modeling in SketchUp and I've had quite a bit of practice on that. So part of it was looking going to the 3D warehouse on Google and looking at sea turtles and then also taking, look, gathering as many images of sea turtles as I could find. And then um, I started off with a complex polygon that um, I wanted one that I could distort and that yet would still keep the number of sides in the um, shape to be in the right spots. Uh, so, I, I just spent a lot of time like making different shapes until eventually I got something that worked so that the flippers came out at the right sections, the head was in the right spot, there was a symmetry to it that that worked and it fit around that. So and, and part of it was trying to figure out how do we enter this vehicle, like because. This shell is quite wide, and you can't climb in this side, so we ended up deciding we were going to come in through the back side. So um, I had to leave the back side open. Um, it was just a lot of planning and sort of figuring out and making lots of shapes and eventually coming across something that worked, um, just reducing the number of parts to it. You start off with something that looks really like a like the animal that you wanted to work with, and then it's kind of like doing a video game. You, you reduce it to this most simple geometric forms that still represent what it is because you want to save on um, memory space if you're doing a video game or, you know, um, you want to um, do as little work as possible yet still define the thing. Was, that's the way it was looking. So do you have any general advice for using SketchUp for, for people who want to... Uh, design their art car before they actually start building it? Um, should everybody use it, or should people just dive in, or does it uh, does it depend on the individual? I think it depends on how you make your art car. I mean, ours is very geometric to begin with, and I, I think we're both pretty precisional anal in terms of our design. I mean, we're, we're a little less casual. And, and the materials that we were using with fiberglass are pretty demanding in terms of you got to be fairly accurate. And from that, uh, Eric, do you want to talk about how you go from a 3D model to a 2D model to a 3D mold to fiberglass? All right. So, <clears throat> you know, everything is done in scale. And so once I've got the, all the, the segments worked out, then I would flatten um, the, the, the 3D model in each, each segment using a plug-in from SketchUp, uh, the Unfold tool. Um, and then I'd bring that into AutoCAD, and um, I would draw in all the, the joints that I needed to be, or the connectors, and things that, like the places where they had to overlap. 
because we had to bolt this thing together. We're trying to figure out how to make this thing work. So there were certain sections that had to overlap. And um, uh, I, I, after I'd drawn all those little, little bits, then I'd figure out the, the sheets of cardboard that I was using, uh, arrange them in the most uh, efficient manner possible. Um, then I cut all the pieces out, then we assembled it and saw sort of what it looked like. We kind of got it to scale. Before we even started uh, fiberglassing, we did one side of the vehicle just to see what it was going to look like and if it was fitting properly. And fortunately, uh, Thomas took some really good measurements and it, 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 was, it was perfect pretty much on the first try. I mean, we, we did realize there were some bits that we didn't need. Like a, we were going to have a tail section and we dropped that turned out the uh, the only way for us to get in and out of Martugo is through the back. So uh, the, the driver and front passenger climb over the front seat. So in terms of a, you know, a, a small golf, golf cart, uh, we're very space constrained. I've seen a couple other art cars out um, as I've started looking more um, at uh, how our cars are made. And that seems to be a common thing for kind of the four-seater golf cart is to climb in through the back. Um, because you're you're faced with the challenge of it's got to be mutated sufficiently that it does not look like the underlying vehicle, which uh, was one of the problems that we had to overcome. So speaking of the underlying vehicle, what kind of golf cart did you use and uh, where did you get it? Uh, we got this, we believe it's a 1979 or 1980, the the uh, Yamaha G1 I, golf cart. I thought it was earlier than that. Well, they started building them in 1979, so it couldn't be. Okay, <laughs> all right. I, I don't remember anymore, but the plate was missing from it. And apparently, it was a farm vehicle. They used it for just you know, dragging, driving around the farm and moving one thing to another. And we suspect that it sat for a number of years unused, and that this local engine repair guy. Uh, refurbished it and got it working and uh, put it on Craigslist. Um, Eric, did you read through any of the forums on electric golf carts versus gas, gas golf carts? I did a, do you a wanna, while back. Do you want to summarize those or do you recall the details? I, I, you know, I got some conflicting stuff a while back because I did hear a podcast about saying electric golf carts were, well, were more reliable in, in terms of repair, but I, you know, I, I, then I got conflicting stuff later. So um, my, after looking at enough, it just seemed that, you know, we were gonna have to charge this thing constantly considering the amount of time we were gonna be using it. And I think fuel was a big part of it. But there was also like once you got dust into the electric parts, they, they seemed to not work so well. So, so definitely one of the things that I heard uh, talking to other people and reading, reading online is electric golf carts will just have problems that you cannot trace down to um, the the cause. And yeah. I think it it boils down to you get that alkaline playa dust into the electric motors and you it causes small shorts and you just lose a lot of efficiency or you can't trace it down. And uh, also being able to charge an electric battery for a golf cart, um, you, need, you either need a big generator you know, not one of your little Yamaha 2000 numbers, uh, an actual big generator, a lot of solar. So it's it's harder. Um, so a lot of people seem to go with the the um, definitely gas golf cart, uh, our golf cart. You know, it's a you know 30 year 40 year old golf cart. 
over the course of one week, we didn't even go through a full tank of gas. So how does one from Connecticut get an art car to Burning Man? So this is, this is one of the challenges we had coming from Connecticut to get Martuga out to the burn. Um, we transported it on the Boston container truck, which is super convenient. If you're going out to the burn, you can buy space on this container truck by the cubic foot, yeah. 10 cubic foot, something like that. Yeah, 10 cubic feet. Uh, it's like 65 bucks for 10 cubic feet, depending on the year it might go up or down. I think we got but, um, 13 shares for Martuga. We calculated roughly 130 cubic feet oh, for remembered that. the golf cart and the crates that the flippers went into. But we had to load the golf cart on this container truck with no gas in it. We had to drain out all the gas. Yeah. Super easy. So if you're coming from the East Coast and you're trying to figure out, hey, I want to bring a, a golf cart-based art car, just get space on one of the, uh, the container, container trucks in your region. I know there's some in uh, Boston, New York, uh, going DC. down. DC has one. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll bet Florida does. I don't know. I don't know if they have a big enough scene. Really? I don't know. They got love burn. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. I just don't Maybe know. Maybe they, they just don't go out to the I, burn. I've never seen a golf cart from Florida, but. So Eric, you 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 mentioned this briefly, but do you want to talk about how we had to design Martuga to be able to transport it to, from the East Coast? Uh, I think we just broke it down to its simple parts that uh, you know that could be nested within each other, and then figured the whole thing had to go into boxes, and so then they had to be small enough boxes that you could actually pick up. So all the sections had to be that much smaller and nest eventually. So when making the overall geometric shape of the turtle. Um, I had to consider how many parts this thing could be broken down to in, in small enough bits that we could actually handle. So uh, coming from the East Coast, we have this unique problem of it's got to go on a container truck fully broken down and be able to reassemble in a reasonable period of time. Um, the reasonable period of time, um, definitely some learning lessons there from me. First rule. Oh. Label your pieces. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That was a continuous joke, by the way. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about how the DMV application process works. Okay, so uh, we went into this and submitted our application and had little idea and we're, we're kind of, you know, expecting to be rejected or, or have to go back and forth. So first off, the Department of Mutant Vehicles um, will not go back and forth on your design. They they come to you with one set of update this. You get one chance to address that, and if you don't address it, well, next time. So it's it's not a back and forth. Um, so we put together, you know, the 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 DMV's uh, application. I was surprised, in part, in the. Um the process just of, of the vehicle being accepted, I didn't realize how much of it was an aesthetic thing. I thought there was going to be just more uh, safety was going to be the big issue. The DMV is not interested in safety. That is not their thing at all. What they want to know, well, 
let me let, let me rectify that. I think they're they're interested in safety if you have flame effects, um, some very specific like if you have a a, a very large vehicle with a, a pivot point like a trailer. They they yeah, want to know some stuff around that. Somebody died from yeah. leaping from one vehicle to the or to a trail like a connected. And, bit. So um, they're very keen on making sure that doesn't happen again. And if you have significant sound effects, they want some details around that. So we put in our application. Um, they do want to see daytime pictures. So at the point that the application process was open, we did not have a assembled vehicle yet. So literally what we did is we took the shell and propped it up on pieces of wood underlit it with some of the, the initial lights that we had and took pictures of that in the middle of winter in Connecticut. So I think the pictures that I submitted was literally in the middle of a snowstorm. So if you look at them closely, you'll see like f snow falling in. So the DMV actually makes you submit photos of the build, like of the actual vehicle. You can't just submit a sketch. You can submit a sketch. They prefer actual pictures, especially if you're going to be applying for a nighttime permit. They definitely want to see it lit up as opposed to you describing how it's lit up. Um, so actual pictures not required. If you're going for a nighttime permit, uh, it definitely helps. Um, so it's as much as you can give them a clear idea of, um, I will actually pull this thing off it does not look like a golf cart slash VW bug slash, you know, the car I happen to drive in slash um, uh, hippie van, hippie bus, hippie mobile, which they love. So um, they did. So we submitted our, our request and I guess there's a couple rounds that they go through and uh, they go back to us very early, which was encouraging because I think they that uh, exhibited we had. We had a pretty solid uh, plan, um, and uh, they asked us to clarify a couple things. Um, in our model, the wheels were too visible, which, uh, especially during the day, that seems to be one of the things they care about. And uh, our back was a black hole. Our back is still a black hole. Um, and uh, there's a mutant vehicle owner's uh, uh, group call um, it's probably June or so, I want to say. And uh, I, I called into that, and that was one of the things that they mentioned is a lot of art cars, the back of the art car is just black if you're driving around at night, which uh, Martuga definitely uh, suffers from. Like, the sides and front, super bright. You can see it, you know, halfway across the playa, even though it's a, a super low art car. Um, so I was going to say, one of the things I thought was funny was that, um, you know how they say that uh, this is going to go on your permanent record? And, you know, we'd done a sketch of the, the vehicle, and we had a certain way that the back was going to look, and we didn't follow through on that. And so they put that in our put permanent record. They did. Yeah. So um, it does exist, at least in the DMV world, that, uh, you know, if you don't, follow through the next time you may not make um, it so, so don't, we we do have a black it. mark on our black hole the back end um <laughs> don't so submit they're, they're an gonna, elaborate sketch yeah they're gonna be to checking in, out our right? ass next time so uh i think on the on this call that i that i called into they said 
you know, if you're if you are applying for a night license and you can see the thing from a quarter of a mile away, you're on the right track. Eric, you want to talk a little bit about uh, how the actual on playa I want to talk about. Yeah, that, that's exactly yeah, what I wanted to talk about. about. I just do want it. to talk about the end. You should talk a, about it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> All right. So we were on Playa, and we just spent seven and a half to eight hours assembling this thing straight. You know, we're, we're tired, and but we're pretty pumped. We've got this uh, thing, and it's actually the motor ran. I mean, that was a, that was an exciting <laughs> moment when actually step you, one, it it moved when we pulled it off the truck. Yeah, and and, it, and we assembled it, and all the bits are on it, and we plug it in, and the, the lights turned on, and uh, we are very excited, you know, you're, and you're technically you're only allowed to drive straight to the to the DMV. That's the only thing you can do once you get the, um, the vehicle assembled. You can't do any side trips and picks up your buddies and stuff. You got to go get your license. So we drive across the playa, and there's a, a line forming. And we got there in the evening, just just well, just early late afternoon early evening we wait in line with a bunch of other vehicles and it's fun you know you see all these other people who've gone through a similar thing and everyone's a little little excited about the whole um experience of going in in, in anticipation but you're also you know is this gonna pass and uh so we chatted with a bunch of people and we got up to the front of the line and um uh we had two guys who were looking at our vehicle and they walked around a number of times with a clipboard and uh, an iPad or something on it, sort of pad device, looking very closely at it in my, what, what? Go ahead, Sarah. And they leaned in and they, leaned and they in. were talking to each other in hushed Dutch <laughs> tones. Conspiratorial I don't tones. know about the ass on this car. <laughs> I don't know. It does not look right. The ass on this car does not look like a turtle do, ass. Do you think this that's looks not, like a turtle ass? I don't think not it looks a nor- like a turtle ass. <laughs> not a Norwegian accent. It's <laughs> <laughs> so Norwegian. They, they were buff and they were blonde and they were blue eyed and they were very not pleased <laughs> wait, with wait, any wait, of my wait, attempts wait. to distract you said them. They're, they were not buff. I think they seem really Rather nerdy than yeah. like two kind of older nerdy gentlemen. Okay, fine. They were Lisa older. Buff. They were older nerdy. Um, I mean, Norwegian. to be clear, yeah, they're still DMV hotties. <laughs> yeah, they weren't unattractive. No, 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 no. All the DMV volunteers are DMV hotties. That's yeah, their, yeah. that's their title. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, it's the clipboard. It makes you look buff. They were not impressed with Jill and I attempting to distract them from the unfinished rear of the turtle car. What? Us? Who? Us? We're just standing here in your way. Oh, you want us to move? <laughs> so you can see. Anyway, that's my story. And then what happened? Oh, uh, the sun was setting, so we got to actually have both the day and the night passes done at the same time, which was nice. We, well, they gave us the, the one warning, you know, if we don't get the back end done um, next time around, but we're going to let you go by this time. We're just, you're just sliding by, you know, you're not going to. One of the things I'd like to do uh, in a few episodes is maybe get uh, somebody from the DMV on. Um, I think uh, uh, Chef Juke, who runs the DMV, 
might be interested in participating. But, uh, you know, if the DMV brings their own art car, do they get inspected? Do they have their own art car? Yes. Yes, really? definitely. Some of the DMV folks do bring their own art cars. Um, Anybody who has a art car or is in the process of building one, there's a Facebook group. Um, what is it? Facebook uh, DMV or mutant vehicle owners, something like that. And um, you just you can apply to join the group if you are own a mutant vehicle or are in the process of building one. And there's there's definitely valuable discussions on there um, in terms of where to get vehicles, how to build them, what the inspection process is like. Um, uh, one of the the operators of the DMV is a active participant in the group, and uh, seems to be pretty open to responding to questions. So. Um, valuable resources if you're in the process of building um either either jill or rogue um how do you think having a an art car changed your change your burn it was a completely different experience from the perspective of being able to see so much more and to see it faster but i i did feel a little bit like um wasn't quite as engaged in the burn because it, it was a little bit of an effort to hop in and out of the car just because of the way it was designed kind of like everybody's got to get out to get in and out so it you're stewarding a piece of artwork you're not like scooting around just having fun you really are shepherding a piece of art around the playa so even though it is fun to see things quicker you're still kind of like air quotes on duty um, and yeah. I, I didn't feel like it was quite as, it's not as immersive where yeah. you're like, Hey, let's, let's go over and check out this cool thing or let's go climb in that or let's climb up on this. Um, it is, it's more of an effort, but, um, and you also kind of feel like this responsibility, like I was permitted to bring this significant piece of artwork out to Burning Man. And, and not only is this stationary piece of art, but it's, it's a movable interactive thing that I'm responsible for that I kind of feel, you know, a responsibility to take out and make sure people can, can engage in. Um, so I think it's, it's probably more work that way than a stationary piece of art that you check on once or twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. I think from that perspective, it's very interactive because people come up to you, you're less likely to come up to them but people flocked the art car many times during the burn yes yeah, it's, it's so cool being out like deep play and and having people come up and be like wow that's that's super cool or how did you make it or or can i write in it or this it's it's a very different experience to uh, to the burn than just wandering around and participating you know this goes back to the beginning but um why did you want to build a vehicle i mean it's it's complete insanity to build a vehicle and then have it shipped across the country to be at Burning Man. Why? It takes, it's a lot, a lot of work. Um, I think anybody that's been going to Burning Man for more than, let's say, two years um, starts to understand what the phrase uh, working man means because we all uh, end up doing a lot of working slash hard volunteering, you know, not light, fluffy volunteering, but hard volunteering, by which I mean it takes a, you know, a significant chunk of your time, whether it's helping to run a theme camp or volunteering with one of the departments at Burning Man. So, yes, it's it's 
working man. And uh, building a mutant vehicle uh, is is not a light, you know, hobby. It, it ends up being a lot of work, personally. There might be people out there who throw one together. I'm not sure, but uh, I think everybody who builds them, it's it's a lot of time investment. So you personally for me, you go to Burning Man once, first time you take in the experience. Um, I tell every first time burner, don't volunteer for anything. Just go take it in, see what it's about. Um, that was that was definitely my first burn is I had almost no idea what it's getting into. Um, Jill didn't drag me along, but Jill had been uh, several years before me and and had an idea of what we we're going in, into. But uh, for me, it was this weird event out in the desert, Nevada. Go your first time, take it in, see all the art, see all the music, uh, get an understanding of what the culture is like. Um, get an idea of, you know, what does it mean to be part of this community where we have these radical crazy art ideas and, and do them year two you see this more you start to see all this uh, led art fire art um you see these mutant vehicles maybe you start to get some ideas of what you'd like to do year three start to get more involved definitely if you haven't done year two um help to run a camp uh get involved in an art project so it's this like repetitively coming to burning man year after year year and you see these cool things you see these art cars that are like just these, you know, somebody came up with this cool, crazy idea and actually did it. They brought out this cool, uh, this cool, you know, butterfly truck thing or, or disco fish or, uh, you know, um, Boz, uh, Mayan warrior. These, so kind of a big spectrum, but you see these things and they're super cool. I think part of the idea of Burning Man is is you get inspired by what other people do. It makes you think about um, ideas that you have, and you come up with you know just a laundry list of different projects, different ideas you'd like to do, and then one day you make it happen. So I had been bouncing uh, Martuga around in the back of my head for probably four or five years at the time, and uh, I'd bounced the idea off of Eric a little bit, and uh, Eric found a golf cart and he said, "Hey, let's." Uh, Let's actually go and get this golf cart and do it. And I'm going to say is the impetus is really you because really, because oh. I would have said the impetus was you because so I you had know, the idea, oh, but I guess you're codependent. It's very between sweet. the two of us. Um, we had kind of casually been looking at, you know, can we find some sort of a golf cart uh, or maybe uh, one of the, the Gator utility vehicles and is you that found the base vehicle and if we didn't get the base vehicle i don't think we would have done the project to keep being something that bounced around the back of our idea our, yeah, definitely having put having this the initial vehicle. purchase into yeah. this thing that you have sitting in your backyard <laughs> <laughs> i mean and especially after you've told your significant other that you purchase this thing much again to their chagrin <laughs> yeah, now can, you I have to act, look on my wife's face actually right now. follow through yeah. on this yeah. thing so where do you want to go next with this so we're in the process of um redesigning the lights uh initially martuga was uh, the shell itself was lit by floodlights we're moving towards uh individually addressable leds uh, that we can do some basic rotating light schemes with. Uh, we're probably halfway through that project. 
Um, we'd also like the flippers to move. Um, we're challenged by the space that we're operating in. And uh, we'd also like the head to be possibly puppet controlled. So whoever's the front passenger can move the head around to look at stuff. Whereas right now it's bobbling around. Maybe, again, this is probably going to be, you know, one of those back of the head, five-year plan ideas, uh, a bigger vehicle. But uh, realistically, uh, we don't have the space to store a larger vehicle or, you know, necessarily the resources either. So No fire effects, no fire, I mean, gas, uh, sound smoke. system. Yeah, sound really, sound once, once fire effects, but... Uh, hovercraft. Yeah, we'll see. You know, yeah. completely change it from golf cart. It's going to float and blow dust everywhere. So I think you've mentioned this before, but if people want to see pictures or videos of your art car, where can they find them? So go to, um, we have a Facebook page for Martuga, uh, facebook.com forward slash Martuga car, I believe it is. Um, and there you can see all of our build pictures. We also post uh, pictures related to sea turtles and uh, sea turtle wellness if you want some of our kind of broader, happy, fuzzy stuff. And uh, as we're changing, building new projects, we'll definitely post uh, uh, pictures and new videos there. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much. Any last minute uh, notes to our listeners? I was going to just a reminder that the mutant vehicle registration is open. And um, I think that closes was April 17th, 2019. So uh, make sure you get all your form and your paperwork in and be sure to read all the details on the website because there's a lot of things that could uh, trip you up. Yeah, it is not a 10 minute application process. They like uh, good pictures, uh, not just uh, uh, pencil drawing. So be prepared to spend a little bit of time to make sure your application is accepted if possible. Well, thank you guys again. And be sure to listen for our next episode where we'll speak to the famous Trucifer and his part in creating Barbie Death Village's cloud car. Thomas, you want to let everyone know how they can keep in touch? So you can reach the Mutant Vehicle Project through a, a bunch of different uh, forums. Uh, go to our website, themutantvehicleproject.com to access uh, current and past episodes for each episode. We post a little uh, baseball card for the Mutant Vehicle and uh, how it was built and details about it, as well as some other resources that we link out to. You can reach us on uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash project. Uh, we're on Twitter at Mutant Vehicle. Uh, we post on Instagram, The Mutant Vehicle Project. And you can also email us at The Mutant Vehicle Project at gmail.com. Until next time, this is The Mutant Vehicle Project. Bye.